from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine. And everything in between. This is Legends Look Back. Here's what happened. Uh, Eric, Carl, have you heard this story yet on how I ended up with the concussion that took not me out of Legends Look Back one. for three weeks? Not the full story. Yeah, not the details, man. Here's the thing. Um, can we not talk about juicy bits <laughs> on my podcast, not please? Um, we were... <laughs> I was excited, expecting that you know the fact that we were going to get four or five inches of snow uh, three or four weeks ago. And uh, it was a Tuesday. I, I have a pass to the local mountain where I've been snowboarding. And knock on wood, had gotten zero injuries. I, who am very accident-prone... Um, on this particular Tuesday evening, I was in my grad school class over Zoom in my office, and I just watched the snow cr- start coming down. Had my snowboard in the car, knew I was going to go straight to the mountain afterward, told my wife, don't expect me home for dinner, because I'm going to the mountain to, to snowboard in a snowstorm for the first time ever. While it's actively snowing, almost knocked the book off my shelf, don't want that. Long story short, well, I'm going to keep going with the story for at least two or three more minutes, let's be honest. <laughs> found myself um, <laughs> driving out to the mountain in the middle of the snowstorm, and it was terrible. Like, plows had not been out yet. It was really, really coming down quickly. It was a harrowing drive. And uh, my dad called me. Not supposed to answer the phone in the car in Massachusetts. I did anyway. Put it on speaker. All right, so it was hands-free at that point. My dad uh, told him I was going out uh, to snowboard in a snowstorm, and he said to me, and I quote, Go home, son. <laughs> I, I felt that in my bones. And I did not obey my dad. You know, I'm 29 years old. I'm almost 30. I'm an adult. And I, uh, on my second run down the mountain, um, was going past the big terrain park. Uh, the previous week, I had practiced in the small terrain park for the first time ever. And we had had great success, had only fallen some, didn't actually get hurt, felt like I had watched YouTube videos all weekend, was really building up uh, to what was going to be a glorious, you know, I was going to be, as, as Freddie likes to say, I was going to be like Johnny Tsunami in no time. <laughs> and uh, I scoped out my run before I started, I'm watching the snow come down under the lights, and it was just magical. I mean, it's like very cinematic. And I take off toward what's called the <laughs> rainbow box, it's like an eight-foot can you see this on Twitch? If you're listening on audio, just imagine like an eight-foot, uh, you know, ramp. I mean, and I, I go I can all see the way it up based to the. On your description, if audio listeners, you're really missing out on just it's an impeccable representation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> like a humpback whale. And I got right up to the top of it, and fell onto my face, onto my freaking face. Um, and I don't mean hit my head. <laughs> I mean I fell on my face. Even with the helmet on, somehow managed to just smack. Turns out helmets cover from here, right, forehead, to the back of the cranium. Helmets are, uh, at least snowboard helmets, notoriously bad at covering a good quarter of the human head. And that is the nose to chin area. <laughs> anyway, instantly got a bloody nose. Dude came over to me who was working the, the, the terrain park. And he was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, <sighs> just got the wind knocked out of me. I'll be fine. I was not fine and could not get up, could not get out of the way. And um, he was like, all right, I'm cold. I'm going to go get a jacket. He walked over. I was like, okay, I just need to catch my breath and I'll be up in no time. He walks away. Uh, and then I start seeing spots, realize I'm about to pass out. I've been in this situation before, not from snowboarding, but hey, uh, I'm very accident prone, played football in the South growing up. I know what it's like to get knocked out. I'm starting to see spots. And so I waved to him like a madman. <laughs> 
to come because I've learned don't pass out alone. Like, you know, you want somebody else to know that you are out. Um, and so he comes over to me, and the last thing I remember before I passed out was this. I said to him, hey, just letting you know, I'm about to pass out, but... <laughs> and then I came to with him standing over me, and his exact quote to me was this. You know I'm going to have to call Ski Patrol, right? <laughs> they strapped me on the gurney, skied me down to the bottom of the mountain, checked me out, all of that. Um, after I passed out once or twice, could have been a second time. I'm not sure. Anyway, basically it has taken three weeks for me to get back to normal, which is not nearly, it's a whole lot longer than it used to be when I was 15 years old. Uh, Carl, you said you've also had to ride the sled of shame before. <laughs> oh, yep. I, uh, I, I wiped out and rang my bell good, but mine was right in front of the ski patrol. So they were on me before I got up. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't able to talk myself out of the sled ride down. And uh, the mountain I was at, the rule was if you get a sled ride down, then they call the ambulance. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up getting an uh, ambulance ride down the mountain. I was very worried about uh, that. I did not want the $1,000 ambulance bill. Uh, they didn't charge me a penny other than the you know $300 I already paid for my season well, pass. You want a they didn't charge mountain? me a penny. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> Massachusetts. It is, it is a commonwealth after all. <laughs> there it is. Um, Sometimes a good thing, sometimes it's... Anyway, somebody in YouTube comments told us not to talk about <laughs> politics. We won't do that. But that's the story. You asked for it. You've heard it now. That's the story. Uh, I am I have yet to go back to the mountain. I have tried. And my wife has stopped me. <laughs> Multiple occasions. So I'm that's hoping love. to get back out tomorrow. We've got another snowstorm. We'll see. She hasn't watched the show, the show, so she doesn't know that I'm planning to go tomorrow. So we'll see. Regardless, you know what else is crazy? A little bit less crazy. Um, a little bit less likely to give you a concussion or a brain injury, and that is Legends Look Back. So without further ado, let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Legends Look Back, a show brought to you by Utini.com, a show for people who only eat ketchup when it's purple or green, and it's supposed to be that way, okay, where we talk about all things Star Wars Legends, celebrating our rich EU history, as well as diving into lesser-known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays. This week, they're dropping like flies, folks. No Freddy or Meg today. Freddy was intact into a, a battle droid of his choosing, and Meg is trying to turn her basement into a Dianoga den. But I'm joined by the replacements themselves, <laughs> none other than Carl and Eric. Oh <laughs> How are you guys? Good job. I should have done. I should have gone one by one. No, Let's try good. that again. I'm joined by Carl. Carl. That's your cue. Yeah, I there we that. go. Okay, and Eric <laughs> Eilerson, uh, host of the Living Force. Welcome. Speaking of nice. you know, early 2000s, right? That's still Legends time. Absolutely. All right. Is. Then, yeah. Legends, Legends goes all the way up to 2014, uh, unless you play SWOTOR, in which case it's still going it's strong, strong, baby. <laughs> or if you live in my house, in which case it's all Legends all the time. It's not. I mean, I read a lot of canon. Woo, regardless, can we talk about the fact, I'm still riding that high in case you can't tell. Can we talk about the fact that we got to interview John Jackson freaking Miller last week? Dude. Yeah, that was impressive, man. It was, that was a good so get. cool, and it was fun because I got to watch behind the scenes, like the whole thing come together. Because like, I remember when, like, Meg was like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna head this idea," and then the email <laughs> got sent, and then the reply happened. So it was like watching it grow, and then listening to it uh, for like a month. Yeah. yeah, it was a whole process. So we got to have all the victories of the get and the schedule, and the interview was so freaking fun. The man is a storyteller among storytellers, uh, both in verbosity and in text 
Uh, but yeah, that was <laughs> it was so freaking cool. And the fact that he listened to the show like beforehand, like he's a fan. Well, not only did he listen to the show, but he quoted very specific moments yeah. from the show, from our conversation. Awesome. He's like, on that subject, you actually said this, but let me tell you this. I was like, oh, <laughs> he was listening way more closely than I was, and I was actually on the show. <laughs> so freaking cool. Um, amazingly, him being such a storyteller, we only got to like half of our questions. And uh, we'll just save him, and we'll ask him to another author. We yeah. get, uh, you know, like uh, Matthew, what's his name? Stover. Almost said somebody. Matthew Stover. I'll just ask him about Zane Carrick and the Knights of the Old Republic, and he'll just have to answer. That's it. Because those are the questions. <laughs> yeah. They've been written, and they will not be thrown out. They will be recycled. <laughs> and, uh, no, it was a tremendous honor uh, if you're watching Mr. Miller. Mr. Miller, is that what we should call you? Let's call you that. Um, thank you. It was a tremendous honor. Uh, couldn't have been more excited. It was a. It was just so much fun for us. Called it absolutely the highlight of my fandom. It's amazing because we didn't like start Legends Look Back with the goal of like we're gonna get author interviews. It was like we're gonna talk about Star Wars Legends. We need legend stuff on Utini. We're gonna we're gonna go this direction. Um, what was especially fun was like I, I wrote a Mandalorian collection for the site and was reading about uh, the Mandalorian Wars and the Knights of the Republic comics. And, hey, we have integrity here at utini.com. Again, on a soapbox, give me like 30 seconds. Somebody start a timer. Don't let me go on too long. Um, we have integrity. <laughs> we don't just write about stuff that we don't know about, all right? If we're going to write a guide about Mandalorians and we're recommending books featuring Mandalorians, we're going to have read those books. We're not just going to read off Wikipedia, off the Wook, all right? We're going to actually um, have read these things. If not, at the moment that we read them, shortly thereafter, we want to make sure that we're accurate with our information. So I wanted to make sure I tackled all 50 issues of Knights of the Old Republic. And when I got to, like, issue 40, 45, I was like, hmm, wonder if we should send a message to John Jackson Miller. I wonder if it's possible. And it was possible, and it happened, and what's my time? 30 seconds? Right, Did I make about it? 27, look at you. Whew. Anyway, still riding that wave. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, if you're somebody that watches on uh, YouTube or on Twitch, hey, uh, it was not live on YouTube or on Twitch, so make sure you go and dig that up. We are on all of your favorite uh, podcatchers of choice, even on Spotify. I didn't know that, but we are. We're on Spotify that? if you want to listen to us there. It's a lot of fun. That's how the teens from church listen to us. Oh, they only listen to podcasts on Spotify. That's that's the thing these days. Get, the youths. We got to get that Utini TikTok going. I tell you what. Like, we're, that's oh my our next gosh. level. Don't even get me started. <laughs> hey, we'll do like a Daniel Jose older only on uh, interview, oh, only on TikTok. <laughs> oh like, I God. ask a question on TikTok. Yes, he, he answers on TikTok. over and over and over again. <laughs> His TikTok's great. Well, that. The next segment that we have here at the start of the show, uh, to our replacement guest, going to walk you through everything that's happening here, um, <laughs> even though you can read the show notes just as well as I can. One of the fun things that we've been doing recently on Legends Look Back is we talk about recent acquisitions, uh, recent pickups, books, um, fun Star Warsy things that we have recently acquired, because if there's one thing to be said about Meg, Freddie, and I, we're hoarders. I mean, collectors. We're collectors. Uh, <laughs> Carl, Eric, do you have any new Star Wars items you want to show off on the show this week? Please say something so I can grab my items yes i uh i'll i'll, I'll begin because mine are actually uh to my side here they'll come up later in this show but um mine come with a story so uh my partner charlie a host of the ghost crew with me uh knows a lot of stuff about disney shoppers there's like personal people that go out to the disney stores and they'll like buy things in the parks for those of us that can't travel right so one of these shoppers said hey i heard that the Temple Guard and the Asajj Ventress Galaxy's Edge lightsabers are going to be discontinued. They're, like, pulling them from oh, Doc Oh, lightsabers, you say? Lightsa lightsabers? I know! <laughs> uh, so she was like, hey, do you want do, do you want those? And I was like, yeah. 
I guess so. I guess I do. So I, we, you know, <laughs> PayPal the guy the money. You walked over to Doc's and he picked him up. So now next to me, as I'll show later on the show, I, I this week got my Temple Guard and only one Asajj Ventress saber that you can get the two and like connect them. But I'm not made of money. Come on. So uh, yeah, my two new lightsabers. That's that's my newest acquisitions, and I think it's perfect oh. that it happened this week for this show. And I've got serious, serious envy because I don't own any like really nice collectible lightsabers. It is not. And I went I to Galaxy's Edge because it. Uh... And I stood in line. I looked at the case in Doc Ondar's. Little did I know we'd be under a global pandemic, and I wouldn't be able to get back to Galaxy's Edge anytime soon. Uh, even though I had plans to be back in May of this past year, Same. I, I stood there looking at them in the case, thinking there's no way I can travel with these home, and I don't want to run out of money in Florida and not be able to get home. Is, you know what? You're not wrong. <laughs> and no, I don't own any of them. It's all right. I've got other lightsabers we're going to show off this week. They're just not as they're not as fancy as yours. How about you, Carl? Any any recent acquisitions? I think probably the most recent is uh, the the celebration store order I got. If you remember. Uh, the, that went up in sale, I think like, uh, end of October last year. And I thought it was going to be really good holiday shopping, uh, for my better half, uh, because pro tip, uh, get your, uh, marry yourself a star Wars fan and your shopping <laughs> is a lot easier. Uh, but as it turns out, a lot of the stuff wasn't ready uh, for Christmas. So it showed up, uh, late January, early February. And so it turns out that she got a Valentine's day present. Um, so that was nice. But what I had forgotten is, uh, how much extra stuff I'd ordered for myself. So, uh, ironically That's enough, go, I have more friend. t-shirts now. From a celebration that didn't happen, and I do from the celebration that I went to last year. Oh man! Or the year before. I love that. Yeah, I, I have actually already set aside a good uh, envelope of cash. At least I think I set it aside. I don't know where it is anymore. <laughs> that is in, intentionally set aside for celebration tickets. Whenever I get a chance to buy them, uh, can't spend cash on celebration tickets though. I've got a huge flaw in my plan. Actually, there's multiple flaws because i don't know where the money is anyway i hope one day to be there with you carl at a celebration of some sort i will probably still be wearing a mask though because uh psychological damage am i right yeah i did however get my first shot today and i'm very very proud of that i sat in the wrong waiting room for 45 minutes but they still gave me a shot here we are nice Yeah, thank you to all of our medical professionals who have helped the world go round uh i will show off what i've got here, however, um, these were a couple of fun acquisitions. These were unintentional. Whoa. Um, I've got two of the Dark Forces. Uh, these are not, in my opinion, graphic novels as much as they are illustrated novels. Um, I absolutely love, as if you've heard me talk about this before, love the Dark Forces story of Kyle Katarn, um, especially as it's encapsulated in the audio dramas. There's actually a three-part audio drama. They're very hard to come by. You can't get them on Audible anymore. They used to be on Audible. They're not anymore. What's happening? I don't know, but I found these, and they're awesome. They've got these full-page illustrations. I just so happened wow. to open up to one of the better ones yeah. because there's some crazy, crazy illustrations in these things. Look at this. There's a Trandoshan uh, swinging like a, like a pipe at somebody. Anyway, uh, by William C. Deitz, I've got uh, Re- Dark Forces Rebel Agent and Dark Forces Soldier for the Empire. I do not, however, have the third volume, Dark Forces Jedi Knight, because, well, it goes for over $100. Well, uh, and... Jared, I-, I think I know what happened to your envelope of cash, man. I think, uh, you- <laughs> I think that's how you got those right there. These, these were dirt cheap at my local comic book store. Really? I've been going every Wednesday really? recently, masked and uh, all that. 
um, to go pick up like uh, variant covers of the High Republic. If you can only see my shelf, it's got ten variant covers of High Republic, the one and two oh over here. Um, I, I went to my local comic store, and the Force was calling me to another aisle I'd never been down. I just I I meandered down an aisle to like avoid somebody because I didn't want to be within six feet of them. Somebody started walking, and I was like, nope, nope, abort, and went down this random aisle and looked, and the Star Wars logo caught my eye, and I was like. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Pick these up. Wow. Very excited. Couldn't wait to show them off on the show. Now you've seen them. There they are. That's. A, I gotta, you know what else you can go I ahead, was Eric. Ask you, Jared. Uh, Charles Soule was on a stream this week, and he talked about how different Jedi and the High Republic see the Force. You know, you mentioned the comic like Avar Christie's. It is a song. Do you see the Force as a comic book store? Because based <laughs> on your life recently, that might be how the world shows itself to you. That's a good question. I don't know if I have an answer. Well, wow. That's a good question. I, I actually haven't spent a ton of time in comic book stores. Um, I've mostly read comics online, done you know the Marvel Unlimited mm-hmm. thing, but uh, it have never collected variant issues, never collected singles. But I, I initially going into High Republic one, I had read Light of the Jedi. I had I had read it uh, over Christmas break because uh, uh, we I'm on the review team as is Carl. I, hey, we all are. Yeah. Um, I had I had uh, had the early opportunity to read it and just got so hyped for it. I know it's a Legends podcast. All right. Uh, I got so hyped. And then I finished all the High Republic books right about the time everybody else got them. And I was, like, pulling my hair out. And I was, like, an addict. I just needed more. And so then the High Republic 1 came out. There were only five issues, uh, five variant covers at the time for High Republic number one. And so I was like, I could buy all five. You know, it's not like Star Wars number one where there were 40 there was there were five. I was like, I could buy five. One of them was like, you know, pretty expensive, but like, you know, there's five. Since then, there's been more, <laughs> and turns out it's addicting. <laughs> Who the fuck? Very addicting. I'm actually planning on driving in the snowstorm tomorrow to go get another one. So amazing. Happy Star Wars, everybody. You know what else you can pick up at your local comic book store on March 9th? If I can turn to the right slide here, the Legends Epic Collection, um, New Republic Volume Five. Uh, we want to start covering as much as possible upcoming Legends releases. New Republic Volume 5 on March 9th collects. You know what I'm about to say? You know what this collects? Legends. If you're a fan of the show, if you spend any time listening to Legends Look Back, this collects exclusively all of the issues of Dark Empire 1, 2, and 3, which isn't actually called Dark Empire 3. What is it called? Empire's End, as well as a, a few other... Um, <laughs> A few other obscure issues that might tie into it from Star Wars Tales. I'm not totally sure. I'll be buying it, so then I'll find out. And that's right, Bro Dameron, you're right. Slimy Nude Palpatine <laughs> is in He's New back. Republic Volume 5, the Legends Epic Collection. Somehow, and, Slimy uh, Nude Palpatine returned. <laughs> absolutely, he did. <laughs> and uh, Meg isn't on this episode to keep me in line, to tell me not to say it. And I, I will say this. The last words I said before we admitted John Jackson Miller into the Zoom call was this. Don't talk about naked Palpatine in front of John Jackson Miller. Don't talk about naked Palpatine in front of John Jackson Miller. Okay, Meg, you can do it. She clicked the button. I was like, hey, welcome. Good evening. <laughs> so, uh, And then the other upcoming Legends release that you can pick up with a Utini affiliate link over on Utini.com. You can pre-order the... Star Wars Insider Magazine's The Fiction Collection Volume Short Stories Volume 1, or something like that. It's a very long title, as all Star Wars <laughs> books should be. Um, Star Wars Insider The Fiction Collection Volume 1 on March 23rd. This will be released, and 
our buddy from across the pond, Trevor, has agreed to come on the show with us and uh, discuss the short stories from this. And um, if that's not exciting to you, uh, I'm not sure you're in the right place because, um, I mean, what could be more exciting than talking about some Legends short stories with uh, with Trevor himself, the man, the myth, the legend. And I could not be more excited about that episode. We'll cover that shortly after it releases, once again, on March 23rd. And now Meg is in the chat and heard me talking about Naked Palpatine. And here we are. I'm not sure she's in the chat anymore. <laughs> and she's not in the chat anymore. <laughs> I love that. Good evening, Meg. Hopefully everything straightens itself out in your personal life. Hope to have you back next week. Yeah. What's that, Eric? I got to say, Jared, uh, that, that Legends uh, short story collection, I, I got the email from Amazon this week that it had the updated release date um, officially. And I got excited because it was March 23rd, to March 23rd. It, my, my order was like, you know when you order it sometimes? It like has like an order received and it doesn't give you a date. For some reason, yeah, it, fi- it it finally emailed me my date this week, and I got excited because this is like the because fir- not not to brag too much, but on the review team, like get some early copies. Don't buy as many Star Wars books as I used to, but I am pre-ordering this specifically because of this show. I gotta say, you guys started talking yeah. about it. I know you want more volumes. I'm very stoked. And it's hardcover too. It's, hard it's in hardcover. Can't wait. I've got I've got a bunch of Star Wars Insider like collected editions. They, these are beautiful. They look great on the shelf. They're very readable. Um, I've got a ton of single issues too. But then I get they come out with these collections. There's like nine or ten of these things. They're in paperback. These, however, in har- are in hardcover. And as a good collector, I love me a hardcover. Yes, they just last longer. Um, if somebody borrows them, they're less likely to fall apart. But I don't give them dust jackets. Not anymore. That's right. That's for sure. Uh, Carl, which of these are you most excited about? Uh, the Legends Epic Collection or the Fiction Collection? I mean, I do love me some Epic Collections, but uh, I'm going to have to go with the, the Insider Fiction Collection, too. Uh, and it's funny you mentioned Trevor, because that's part of the reason why I, <laughs> my uh, my condition is not as advanced as Trevor's. But over the last uh, year or two, I had gotten really into trying to hunt down some of the shorter stories. And some of them getting pretty hard to find, especially the ones from the game books. Uh, but I was uh, getting to the point where I was searching eBay for old back issues <laughs> yes. of Insider. And right, yeah. right as the uh, right as the uh, lockdown started and everybody's mail service kind of froze yep. up for a little bit, I found an issue uh, in Australia and ended up paying more for the shipping than for the issue itself. And it took two <laughs> months to get here. So now the fact that they're all going to be collected and easy for me to get my hands on and my eyes on. Uh, that's that's so cool. I've pre-ordered, I actually discovered the other day on Amazon, I had pre-ordered the second volume twice. So glad I caught that. Canceled one. Sorry, Corey, you don't get the that 4% <laughs> on that second edition. Uh, but uh, funnily enough, over in our Discord channel, just today, I think, could have been yesterday, who knows, time is nebulous, um, we had one of our uh, fun Discordians uh, post the list of short stories. It was just leaked. Um, over in our Discord. So if you want to take a look at that, it does have a handful of canon stories. Uh, we're going to talk about this when we eventually get to covering this on the show. Uh, crazily enough, I have read all of the canon short stories that are in this collected edition and only one of the legend stories. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Jared, in, in the year 2021, you are going to read new legends content? No. I've already read three, six, seven Legends books this year. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Dang. I've done a lot of reading. <laughs> Goodness. All right. Um, uh, Eric, tell the good folks where they can pre-order these beautiful books. I absolutely will. You can go over to utini.com. Uh, best place for this is going to be our release calendar. Uh, it's constantly at top of the line. Uh, thanks to Frank, Trev, and a bunch of yeah, it's friends. being updated tonight. In fact, yes, uh, with the new uh, book announcements <laughs> that were on today. 
Uh, but yeah, go over That's there, right. scroll on down. You can see the, the covers of all these beautiful books. You click on them, then it'll give you an Amazon link. You just head over to the affiliate. Whatever you buy at Amazon in that in that cart, you help out Utini. You help out Legends Look Back. So if That's you right. want to get, like, I don't know, that Legends pre-order and a grill. I don't know. Whatever else you need a to buy. A basketball goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, Utini.com, release schedule. That's where you can get it. If you live in Texas, you can buy a snow shovel. Yes. Oh, oh sorry. I had to take Love a shot guys. at Texas. No, we do. Yeah, you're in our thoughts and prayers and all that. I did drink um, out of a Hoth mug this morning thinking of you all. So. <laughs> um, you know, one thing of housekeeping we do want to mention before we get into the meat of the episode is uh, the fact, as Cheryl has already mentioned over in our Discord, uh, she said, where is this episode? Where can I watch this thing? Is it on Twitch? Is it on YouTube? And the answer is yes. But tonight, the episode's on Twitch. Next week, however, you come to Twitch, we're not going to be here. I mean, I probably will, just to tell you to get out of here and go over to YouTube Live, where at February 25th, we are going to be uh, hosting Legends Look Back every Thursday night from now on for the foreseeable future, that is, over on YouTube. Um, the saddest part about that is I'm going to lose my little green sword. I like my little green sword over here in the chat that says I'm a moderator, so maybe I'll just buy myself like a Nerf sword at Walmart or something like that to make up for it. <laughs> um, Eric, I see the background behind you here. Yes. We get started in the episode proper. Uh, you've got a book. Would you mind showing off what you've got behind you there? I would love This to. is one of the sleekest, most gorgeous reference books in recent history. Yeah, this is uh, the Lightsaber Collection. I believe it's from our friends over at Insight Editions. Uh, this is what I covered on The Living Force a while back when it came out. This beauty is just... I didn't mean to open this to one of the most iconic lightsabers ever, sleek. but so I did. So sleek. This is just... That saber's in Legends <laughs> way more than it's in canon. We'll say that You're much. right. Uh, every lightsaber you can imagine, uh, in canon at least, and again, some that do appear in Legends, um, it's got the full mock-up of the saber with the saber wielder and a bio of them and their saber, and it's just uh, every era you can imagine, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful book, and honestly, a lot more Easter eggs than I ever imagined would be in a reference book like this. Yeah, every page has uh, an incredible description of the lightsaber. I didn't know they could come up with as many adjectives to describe lightsabers as they could. Yeah. Uh, and in <laughs> fact, it was in my reading of this book that inspired tonight's episode. Uh, on the one hand, appreciation for it, love for it. I've got my copy sitting over here on the shelf as well. Um, it was some good reading, not just you know uh, looking at the pictures. However, my kids liked looking at the pictures with me. I had to keep them from getting their fingerprints on it because these black pages smudge. That's right. Um, I'll, I'll say this. I'm afraid to read it without gloves. <laughs> do you own one too, Carl? <laughs> I do, and I'm afraid to read it without gloves because of the shiny <laughs> yeah, black pages. Mine's... I feel like I need to get, get latex gloves mine's or something. Mine's all smudged at this point, but it's going to go on the shelf for the rest of time at this point um, because I only reread Legends books. No, my biggest gripe with this thing, and as gorgeous and as wonderful <laughs> it is, is there are no explicitly Legends sabers. Now, as Eric mentioned, there are lightsabers that are in Legends, such as Luke's saber, which we just looked at there, the green saber, but there are no explicitly Legends sabers. So I pulled up the computer and started writing an episode of Legends Look Back. We, tonight, are going to talk about everything you could possibly want to know about Legends lightsaber lore and boy is there a lot of it yes and uh, i'm so excited to get to school you eric in particular uh is it fair to say that you've read more <laughs> canon books than legends uh it absolutely is uh i think the and I, and I will say though it was a legends lightsaber that influenced my love of lightsabers for the first time more than a canon one um what does that mean uh i fell in love with the idea of lightsabers <laughs> purely because of tenel ka's rancor tooth that was, like, oh, the coolest yeah. thing. When I was a kid, I read Young Jedi Knights, and then I didn't read Star Wars books for 10 years. 
But like, yeah, wow, yeah, it was. Got to queued up that right there. I had to cut off her head because I couldn't crop the image right. I don't have Meg. No. It's difficult. It is. Pr- <laughs> that is the exact lightsaber though. That when they announced at Galaxy's Edge that you could build a Rancor tooth lightsaber, that I thought of. That is in my heart forever. Um, I do know more about crystal lore in the canon, so I'm excited to, to learn more about that. For okay, cool. We'll talk about that some. But that saber started it all. I gotta gotta give props to our girl Tenelka. Excellent. Yeah, the the I will say the cover of the book that you're talking about, Lightsabers, by Rebecca Moesta and Kevin J. Anderson mm-hmm. from Young Jedi Knights, is the best Star Wars book cover ever. The single best cover. I absolutely. It's just fluorescent. Oh, look at that thing. Look at I, that. I love it. Oh, it's amazing. You don't make them like that anymore. Um, no, it is so great. And interestingly enough, she gets her arm chopped off in that book in a training yeah. exercise with Jason Solo. And then eventually they get married. Spoilers for all of Legends. All right, sorry. Um, if you're new to Legends, I'm sorry. <laughs> and also welcome. <laughs> no, couldn't be more excited to have you on the episode in particular because, um, you know, don't have as much experience with the Legends side of Saber lore and want some canon perspective too. Carl, I kind of consider you our ace in the hole. You're like a jack of all trades. You know, have certainly uh, been around a while when it comes to Star Wars, wouldn't you say? (laughs) Yeah, a while. Uh, Not not as much into the reading because, uh, you know, there was so much of it. And uh, I I think it was kind of why Corey founded the company. But uh, it was tough to find a a way into it. But once I found my way into it, I've I've jumped in with both feet. But uh, I've been following, uh, obviously, the movies since since I was a kid. And I'm uh, about Trevor's vintage, so mid-40s. So we were little kids watching the original trilogy. And... uh, you know, you talked about Dark Forces earlier, so I was playing that through college. So, yeah, I've I've, uh, I've been marinating in, in bits of lore for and, a while. And now. in particular, lightsaber lore has developed quite a bit because, um, you know, you think about the original film, uh, Star Wars, which we call A New Hope these days. Uh, the lightsaber combat in there, I would describe as boring and cringy. <laughs> Sorry, um, they got two hands on the sabers the whole time. They're like uh, slowly wielding them. Uh, and you know, by the time we get to the prequels, we got Darth Maul doing flips and uh, falling down shafts and all kinds of fun stuff. So um, in particular, we've seen lightsaber lore develop tremendously over the years. So grateful to have your perspective on the episode as well. And one really fun thing that has happened in terms of the, the, the coming together of worlds, the crossing of the streams, if you will, of canon and legends, at least when it comes to lightsabers, and that is in Justina Ireland's A Test of Courage. We have had the return of a very legendary kind of saber. Do you guys know what it is? Uh, it's, it's the light whip, Jared. The light whip. Light whip. Because why Absolutely. not? Absolutely. Now, <laughs> amazingly enough, on Star Wars Archives, if you're part of our Patreon, you can listen to that show with Trevor and Jose. Um, and they just did a f- really fun episode about. Uh, you guys listen to this? Yeah. With uh, Luke's girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luke's many failed relationships. Anyway, in in that they talk about Lumaya, the late dark lady of the Sith, or something like that, and she has a uh, a light whip, but it is specifically, as is pictured here, a kind of a cat of nine tails so it's like multiple strands of sabers what uh, in the coalescing in a whip comic books of S- 80s 80, this okay, was okay, 80s okay, okay, the, the <laughs> oh my goodness we yeah. loved our lines didn't we but eric you were on our um darth bane episode githany however has the light whip mm-hmm. in darth bane so oh. more traditionally like what uh, vernestra bro mm-hmm. Is that her name? Yes, I don't yes, think I've ever actually mm-hmm. said that out loud with my lips. You did it. Yep. Mostly just read it with my eyes. <laughs> also listen to the audiobook on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, double dipped. 
because I had the time and was addicted. Gotta love the High Republic. So, uh, excited to have the return of Light Whips in recent um, canon media, and uh, gonna be talking about mm-hmm. some of the other great Legends sabers as well, in addition to the Light uh, the light Whip. Now, uh, as we mentioned with the behind the scenes, we gotta think about the development of lightsabers. Um, Freddie wanted to make sure that we threw this one in. Freddie not able to make it with us tonight, but did want to mention that uh, in Ralph McQuarrie's early concept art, Stormtroopers wielded lightsabers. Did you guys know this? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that, uh, that yeah. exact picture. I, if you're listening on audio, this is a picture of a Stormtrooper on what appears to be Cloud City, mm-hmm. a you know, white-clad Stormtrooper in the white hallway with a with a white lightsaber. And it is pristine and modern, almost like, uh, what was that George Lucas movie before Star Wars? Uh, 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 the sci-fi one? 1138, right? It, it almost looks oh. like that. Th- THX. Uh, it's yeah. kind of trippy to see, honestly. What were you going to say, Eric? I was going to say, and it's, a, and it's a testament to the brilliance of McCory that he is able to make a, a, a white character with a white weapon and a white background still look dynamic. Like, this should look flat and yeah. awful. Um, right. But he's so good, and, and Charlie got me the the Macquarie uh, double volume art collection for Christmas. Um, oh, nice! So this this is in there in a giant version. And when we watched, uh, I think it was in Rebels season one. There's an episode where Kanan is disguised as a stormtrooper, and he wields a lightsaber, and it's it's clearly an homage to yeah. just because he's like holding it. Oh, oh, oh! I know when he's dressed as a stormtrooper. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and it's got like the Macquarie art because yeah. uh, Rebels has that style. Love that. Oh my goodness! Yeah, if you guys want more of that content, you can head on over to Ghost Crew, yeah. uh, one of our Patreon shows. Uh, excellent work. I've got to admit, I'm behind. Hey, I'm behind in it. I... It's an old show. You're <laughs> all good, but also I gotta I know. say, we've got a lot of podcasts <laughs> happening at Utini these days. A lot of content, but I gotta say, as, yeah. as beautiful as this is, I'm really glad Stormtroopers didn't end up having lightsabers. For the record, no, <laughs> no, uh, because of course the most famous line with the lightsabers in at least the original trilogy is what uh, Alec Guinness says, I mean, what Obi-Wan Kenobi says, which is they are a, what is it, an elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that, uh, you know, the Jedi are like these uh, knights of the round table and they're still using swords. Uh, they're not, you know, trying to just blast everybody to pieces. Um, you know, we want to have an honorable duel person to person. And that, of course, is what we get in um, in A New Hope, we've got this honorable duel in the hallway with Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi. It, by the time we get to the end of The Revenge of the Sith, uh, we've got uh, this this massively choreographed battle across the lava field of Mustafar where they're swinging the lightsabers this and that way. And it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. I love it. But it's a little controversial. So, Carl, as, as an old school Star Wars fan, do you prefer George's original conception of lightsabers that they would be heavy and you had to wield them with two hands? Uh, or do you prefer kind of how lightsaber combat has evolved to where we've got, um, you know, more choreography and uh, flips and, and uh, you know, Yoda's spinning around everywhere? Which which version do you prefer, Carl? Well, it's uh, I'm actually going to be really interested to hear what Eric has to say from his uh, uh, his stage background, um, because I think it, it's a it's a tough question to answer because the the concept of the lightsaber we got is really tied into the sort of Jedi that we end up seeing. Um, when we talk about a, a heavier two-handed weapon, I'm kind of thinking more of like a claymore that, uh, or something you'd see like a, a in the, the medieval Scots Highlanders or or something or, or Knights Templar or something like that running around with and or maybe not running or having to ride horses because yeah, they're heavy. Don't run with uh, scissors. I mean lightsabers. And d- <laughs> <laughs> or you know seven-pound swords. Um, and and to me that doesn't necessarily 
align with the thought of a more elegant weapon. Uh, I think the Jedi that we end up getting, um, I, I think there's a little bit of European rapier flavor uh, to the to the swordsmanship, uh, but also I, I get kind of samurai or uh, or uh, Asian vibes uh, with how the swordplay evolves, and yeah. that gets really tied into the Jedi that we see. So it's really tough to then uh, come up with a well, alternate vision. And I, when I was as, as I'm thinking about it, I almost think of uh, well, how would how would Count Dooku, uh, you know, old Christopher Lee, have fought if if the sword is that heavy or the weapon's that heavy? And my mind immediately goes to the the knight in. Uh, we can cross franchises very briefly. Nope. Okay. Uh, the last Carl. Crusade, <laughs> where, where, where he stands up and he falls over. <laughs> Which one? Uh, the, you know, the, the, the knight guarding the, uh, the chalice is there where he stands up to try to fight off Indy and he picks up the sword and falls yeah, over. As long as it's not Star it's so Trek. Heavy. John Jackson Miller. Talk about Star Trek on my Star Wars podcast. <laughs> so that was funny, by the way. Killed me. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's a great explanation. Um, Eric, what about you? What, what do you think? Um, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll go by what Carl says. I think that, Personally, stylistically, I really love my, my top three lightsaber fights. I'll go from there. Are uh, number one is Obi Wan and Maul in Rebels. It's the shortest lightsaber fight in the history of Star Wars, but I think it's the best, and that really hits that samurai stuff you're talking about there, Carl, with like the different stances because it's storytelling. My second favorite is probably Maul and Ahsoka in season seven of Clone Wars. Um, mm. Again, it's fast, but it also has way more story behind it, and there's way more intensity. Um, in that animation, love the way style. they choreographed that with like uh, with the mocap. actual actors. Yeah, yeah the mocap it was just genius. And then the third is probably the throne room with Rey and uh, Kylo against all the Praetorian guards, because again, I think that in those weapons, like the way Kylo fights, is that heavier kind of like more brutish style. But I think it fits his character. So ultimately, I think all the lightsaber f- fights have value. Um, and you're going to like what you like based on your style of movie, but as long as there's storytelling behind the wielding of the weapon, I think it totally works, um, those three being the best, in my opinion. Yeah, and I will say that is one of the problems, I think, that does happen from time to time in Legends in particular, is I think sometimes the Legends authors got more um, focused on trying to uh, depict a cinematic lightsaber battle than focusing on the the meat of the story. Mm-hmm. Um of why these characters are fighting. Not to say that all authors did this at all, uh, but was certainly a temptation because how do you, how do you (laughs) match what we see on screen? Because lightsaber battles are, um, they're very cinematic. It's hard to depict them in a book in particular. Um, uh, some authors excel at this better than others, particularly love the battle between uh, Luke and Mara and Luuk and Sabaoth yep. in The Last Command. Yep. Yep. Um, it's an absolutely excellent one. One of my other favorite uh, Legends lightsaber battles is on top of a moving spaceship between Leia and uh, Alima Rar, a dark, a Twilight Dark Jedi in the Dark Nest trilogy, which, let's be honest, some of the worst Star Wars books. But uh, it is absolutely <laughs> one of the best lightsaber battles ever. Well, it, yeah, did you know, Eric, did you even know that Leia has a lightsaber battle on top of a moving spaceship with against a one-armed Twilight Dark Jedi? Did not have a clue. Did not have a clue. <laughs> but that's, I think that's the fun thing, too. Is you can have so many versions of it, right? And I think you're totally right about that cinematic feel. Because, I mean, I think uh, I'm going to have a Skuma Joe in the chat mentions how the, the battles in the original trilogy have a tremendous amount of emotional impact. And I think that's true because bad choreography but amazing moment is Return of the Jedi for me when Luke is just bashing away at Vader as he holds up the saber with one hand. Like, it's just the same yeah. strike over and over and over. 
But Mark Hamill's performance of just losing, it, like letting go, and he's all sweaty. Yeah, yeah, like that's the story. It's and like the fight is, is, and I think if you're writing that in a book, like a lesser author is going to be like, and he struck him on the head, again, <laughs> and repeatedly. Like it's not again. Good fun, but it's yeah. inside Luke's head is where it gets interesting. And but no, I need to read Absolutely. that. Well, do I, do I need to read that now, Jared? Probably not. I just need to know that, right? For Dark Nest? What, the Dark the Dark Nest trilogy? Yeah, I mean, okay, so if you're doing your new Jedi Order read-through, which you're doing, I am. I am. Uh, it will be five years from now that you get to the Dark Nest trilogy. <laughs> and then they are pretty essential in order to move on to Legacy of the Force. Uh, it's it's tough because I got, you know what we'll I put bought? put it that way. I bought the, uh, the Essential Reader's Companion that Pablo Hidalgo wrote with all oh, the Legends yeah, books Oh, I love in that there. book. Love it. Mine's falling apart, sadly. Uh, I, I have thought, because I really want to read some of the other ones, I'm like, do I just read the synopses but no i gotta i gotta put in the time i gotta i gotta learn i gotta read the books <laughs> uh, if not you know we're gonna have to cover them on legends look back sooner or later so we'll give you the the inspiration that you're gonna need to read okay. along with us and uh, something like that but let's talk about some of the more uh, iconic legends lightsabers the way that lightsabers uh, have variations in legends we've got a handful of very iconic lightsabers um, as they come up across the Star Wars universe, uh, first and foremost would be the Proto Sabers. These are especially depicted in Dawn of the Jedi. Um, the Dawn of the Jedi comics were just recently published in the Legends Epic Collection. Um, what is it called? Is it the Old Republic Volume 1? No, Tales of the Jedi Volume 1. This is the joke that the right. Tales of the Jedi Epic Collection now. doesn't actually have any of the Tales of the Jedi comics <laughs> yet. Amazing. Yeah. That's the joke. Right. So uh, we actually talked about that with John Jackson Miller, which he enjoyed. Um, yeah. So the Proto Sabers, these are basically the idea is uh, they needed a better power supply. And how, how do you power something like a lightsaber? In fact, Mythbusters, I think, did an episode on this or one of the guys from Mythbusters. They tried to make a lightsaber and their problem was the power. How do you generate enough electricity? And so in particular, uh, they have backpacks. You know, because if you can't put Yoda in your backpack, put a lightsaber battery in your backpack. Right. Am I right? Absolutely. Um, so, so we're saying that a lightsaber takes more than a couple D cell batteries. <laughs> I mean, my R two D two over here, the sights and sound R two D two under my armpit. Where is he? Uh, he's over here somewhere. Um, he takes four Ds, three Cs, four double As, and two triple As. He's just crossing. A- <laughs> All of the battery territory, this one thing, oh and then they'll still die after a couple of weeks. Yeah, these are so, these are pretty amazing. So he's a boombox yes. on wheels. This is this is one of the things um, <laughs> that I think is interesting in the High Republic that we're seeing the evolution of of lightsabers, even in that series where we've got um, you know kind of these cross guard lightsabers that are a little bit more ancient. Uh, Dawn of the Jedi, set ten thousand years before the original films, shows us what some primitive lightsabers look like, and not even all the heroes have lightsabers. Um, that's how early on in all of this we are. Next, we've talked about the light whip uh, and how this is wielded by um, Lumaya in the Marvel comics, the old school Marvel comics, and then also by Githany in the Bane books, um, Vernestra Rowe in um, uh, what's what's her book? Test of Courage. A test of Courage. Uh, test of Courage. Um, I'm going to go ahead and run down through a handful of these really iconic alternate types of lightsabers, and I want you two to pick uh, which one you would choose to battle the other. Okay, you can't pick the same one. Which one is your favorite? So we got Proto Sabers, uh, Light Whips. We've got Exarcoon's lightsaber, the first double-bladed lightsaber, canonically in Star Wars, both chronologically and in terms of publishing uh 
publishing order. Exar Kun in the Tales of the Jedi comics from the early 90s has this double-bladed blue lightsaber, which, interestingly enough, we didn't get time to talk to John Jackson Miller about this. He has a character. Uh, Jeriel d- uh, actually discovers Exar Kun's lightsaber and wields it in some of those latter issues of Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, Eric, Carl, did you guys know that before Darth Maul... Um, the double-bladed lightsaber was actually invented first in Legends comics. What a spoiler. Come on. <laughs> uh, only, well, I, I, I wasn't clear on the public, uh, you know, on the publication date. So, uh, what, the Phantom Menace came out in 1999. Yeah. So, yeah. I, George yeah, liked I guess it from these comics. I mean, he was then. keeping up with what was being published. He didn't like all of it, but he was keeping up. And he liked it, so he borrowed it. He took it, ripped it off. Wow. Um, well, you know what? Now that I yeah, know it's that, amazing. it will retroactively ruin my childhood. Uh, and make that less special. So, <laughs> thank you. You should make a documentary about it. That's awesome. Amazingly, this saber, this saber is cool not just because it's a double-bladed lightsaber, but because there's a lot of lore behind it. Um, as I mentioned, it's reincorporated into the Knights of the Old Republic series. It's in something else as well. Oh, it's in KOTOR. Um, Revan, or maybe it's um, maybe it's Mitra Surik, the exile. One of the characters discovers Exar Kun's lightsaber in the games. Uh, I think it's also in Swotor as well. It's a pretty legendary saber, pun intended. Uh, okay, what else? Dark saber. I don't have a picture of this. Just for Meg. Just for Meg. The dark saber, technically, to a certain degree, is Legends. Are you seeing how I'm getting here, Carl? <laughs> You're not okay, wrong. Okay, so Clone Wars was Legends before. Legends became legends, and then obviously there's more lore developed with the Darksaber now with Rebels and then the Mandalorian. But hey, Legends had it first, so I'll claim it. Uh, funnily enough, I was with my kids at Walmart. might have been pre-pandemic. could have been early, mid-pandemic. It's hard to describe time these days, <laughs> isn't it? And uh, one of my kids reached out and touched a button on a Darksaber toy in the aisle. Absolutely freaked her out. Just jumped what? over into my arms, was terrified of it. I texted Meg, told her that... Um, hey, there's uh, my kid was terrified of the dark saber toy at at Target. She didn't even know they existed. And then later that day, maybe later that week, posted a picture of it on Instagram. So that's <laughs> inspired her going out and getting it. So we've got uh, to recap. Um, we've got proto sabers, light whips, double bladed lightsabers. Um, we have talked about the dark saber. Um, we also have Shodos, which are small, offhand lightsabers. Luke wields one in much of the New Jedi Order. Um, Yoda's technically is a Shodo, even though he uh, wields it in his right hand. Uh, I think Eric is now reaching for Ahsoka's Shodo, so she has a short, uh, an offhand lightsaber as well. Yeah. yeah, is that what it is, Eric? This is the second one's the Shodo, and I, I have the shorter blade for it as well. I don't have it uh, near me here, but yep, she's got the big one and then the Shodo for the second one. So I... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think Shoto is actually like a duelist term. It's not an explicitly Star Wars term. Uh, yeah, is that yeah, correct? yeah. I believe Shoto is yes, correct. There was like a there was a <laughs> sword fighting club at my college that I would like laugh at them, the nerds having their sword fight on the front lawn, secretly wishing I was cool enough to just own my fandom <laughs> yes. and go out there and have a battle with them and join their club. And I never did it. It's one of my greatest regrets. So I. I could have learned that and didn't, but here I am. I've got a Star Wars podcast, so that's fun. Okay, what else is fun? Uh, dual phase lightsabers, such as Corrin Horn's lightsaber. Uh, Corrin Horn himself has a lightsaber where, if you twist it in the right way, it gets longer. And that's all we're gonna say about that. That's all. That's all we're gonna say about Corrin Horn's lightsaber. Corey loves it. That's for sure. Yes. And crossguard lightsabers actually first appear in Legends before Kylo Ren ever wields his in the Force Awakens trailer that set the world on fire. 
um, before Kylo Ren ever wielded it. Uh, Crossguard lightsabers first appeared in a Dark Horse comic in 2004, Republic number 61 to be exact, and then have been in the Old Republic video game a whole lot more, much more um, prominently beginning in 2014. So there's been several key characters wielding those as well. Uh, did you guys know that, that they were Legends first? Mm-mm. It makes sense, though. I mean, the, like, the Legends, there's just so many years and so many thousands of pages of art and in, in, in the comics yeah. and concepts. Like, it would be impossible for them not to, you know, but, but at some point. That's what I'm learning from this Absolutely. show, Jared, is that eventually, if I think something's original, it probably happened in Legends at some point. <laughs> Well, that's kind of the operation that I have to go under myself. It's like um, I'm starting to write the show notes, and I'm like, yeah, cross-guard lightsabers, those are just canon. That's Kylo Ren's nonsensical uh, sword that's just to sell toys and action figures. And then I was like, actually, let me Google this. Are they legends? (laughs) Yep, okay, they're legends. They're cool because they're (laughs) legends. (laughs) So uh, eating my words a little bit. Okay, Carl, you're first up. Uh, Choose your weapon. Um, we've got proto sabers, shodos, light whips, double bladed lightsabers, dual phase lightsabers, dark sabers, and cross guard lightsabers. Which one of these non traditional lightsabers would you choose to strike down, Eric? Well, my heart and my video game characters would want to say double bladed, but if I've actually got to wield it, I know I would just hurt myself. Um, and since I've actually seen Eric fight on stage, I would want to go with a shodo for my offhand, in addition to a regular lightsaber, to at least kind of give me some kind of hope of blocking his. Uh, a shoto. Okay, so you'd have the, the two lightsabers. Ooh, very um, nice. Yep. Now, all right. Let me like get one minute of explanation here. Eric, have you had like stage combat training? I yeah. Stage combat was hilariously one of my specializations in college, and one of the reasons that I would get hired on theater contracts because that is purely what I would be trained in. So, at uh, the shows that Carl came and saw me perform in way back when we met um, in person briefly. Um, I would help choreograph all the sword fights uh, with various different kinds of weaponry. So that is actually something I am I am trained in, which is fun. Uh, it doesn't take away from my I don't I don't watch Star Wars and be like oh is that the right block or whatever. But but for the record, yes, this is uh, something I I paid quite a bit of money to learn how to do, and I used to own various steel uh, combat swords that I would uh, train and choreograph with. I had no idea. Yes, I sir. asked the right person. Which means this is very much a very much a losing proposition for me, but I'm going to try to go down in a blaze of glory. <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> excellent. Well, if if one thing's for sure, if you go down in a lightsaber battle, you'll definitely come back. That's right. Because this is Star Wars. Yeah. So that's a good news. Eric, choose your weapon. All right. Uh, I'm going to agree with the double bladed as same reason as Carl did. Not my weapon. Not my style. I, I've tried the stabs. Not my thing. Uh, so the Shoto's gone. I'm not a huge whip guy. I think. <laughs> that I just I think I'll have to go with the dark saber because it would mean if I if I had it I believe because Jared you claimed it earlier as a legends person which means me as a canon person I would then have to defeat you and then I would sure. have it and then Carl if you defeated me then you would take it so that, for the for the narrative I'd have to have the dark saber for the story yes for the story I love that I'm gonna go ahead and choose uh, the double bladed lightsaber because um, well let's be honest after I saw. The Phantom Menace in 1999, I was, what, six years old? Um, I spent the rest of my childhood going out into the yard and finding the longest stick possible and twirling it around like Darth Maul until I smacked myself in the face and then had to go inside and ice it. Um, I actually own a double-bladed blue lightsaber that I built at Disney World back in 2009 or 10. See, I can grab it here. Dude, oh my gosh, yes. This is before we actually had... 
It's too big to fit on screen. Uh, before we actually had like the whole Savi's workshop and these super nice $100 lightsabers, this sucker cost me like 20 bucks. <laughs> it's plastic, but you know, each piece comes apart and you got to choose your pieces. And you know, it's not, a, it's very mismatched. I can't even maneuver it around my microphone here. Um, it's very mismatched. I, uh, my friends and I, we were on a choir trip at Disney World. Ten of us all went in to the Tatooine Traders and built our own lightsabers and then we, there was a whole battle with Tigger. I kid you not. It's a it's a whole thing. Oh, um, wow. I'll share that story one day, either on the podcast or the in the assembly, but we're going long tonight, so it's getting cut. <laughs> That's all you're going to get. So, double-bladed lightsaber. Um, who would win in the fight? <laughs> Everybody let us know in the comments on uh, in Twitch or in the Discord or on YouTube. Who would win in the fight between me, Carl, and Eric? It's Eric, but come on. You know, somebody <laughs> pick me or Carl, please. Okay, Eric, you said you're interested in crystal lore. Yes. Crystal lore. Why is that? Uh, in particular, what's interesting with Legends Crystal Lore is uh, if you listened to our Splinter of the Minds I episode back in the day with Heather, um, you might know that in the original sequel to Star Wars, we had Kyber Crystals, spelled K-A-I-B-U-R-R, K-A-I-B-U-R-R, and they were... <laughs> different they uh had special powers i don't even remember what the powers were they made a person more powerful with the force and then that title of course is repurposed and recycled checks out (laughs) yeah that's how it works right it's like a totem and vader was going to use it and uh become super op so they had to destroy it or something like that um it was amazing what a great book everybody should read it 10 out of 10 Eric, why are you interested in Legends Crystal lore? Um, Kyber Crystals have always just fascinated me because it, because so much was unknown about them for so long, and I, as a kid, did have the thought of like, okay, that's green, that's blue, and that's red, but but why? Like, what makes it that way? And, and I, when I played Kotor for the first time, I, I liked the you know you get your class and then that chooses your color. I'm like, oh, so that's the reasoning. Sure. And then as I got Eric, old, do you remember off the top of your head the the crystal? Um, I've got them in the show notes, so don't I'm cheat. Not, do you not, remember the, the the three colors of Jedi lightsabers mm-hmm. in Kotor and what their corresponding class is? Uh, because I definitely had to Google that before this episode. See, green is the Jedi Counselor, and that's uh, more wisdom based. Uh, yellow is the Jedi Sentinel. Which, you got it. Which is yep. What I was always was because um, yellow yellow saber is my favorite. Um, and then blue was the Jedi fighter man. This is the easiest one. Guardian. Guardian. Yeah. Okay, That's Guardian. what I always was. It's, it's the hack and slash guy. Yeah. You get your double-bladed blue lightsaber. You walk into the middle of the room, and you just start fighting. That's it. Like this. You know, that's all you do. Yeah. yeah that's that's how I play KOTOR. Although I did love – I did, I got to say, up until I probably went to college, green was my favorite just because of Luke's, uh, which, is, which is this guy sure. here. Um, oh yeah, you got it. You got it over there. I do. The Return of the Jedi saber. <laughs> that was my, that was my favorite. So the green saber, and then they're like Galaxy's Edge. You can make these, and I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna do purple because that's what I'm feeling. And now, it, in the two years since, I, I, it's different every day because I can't get yellow yet. So I, I am plagued right. by that. But, but to answer your first question, they don't have a yellow. Not yet. I don't think so. At least oh, the hobbies. Man. Um, but I, I, but I just love the lore behind it. I love Ahsoka cleansing the crystals to make them white i love ben bleeding the red the crystal to make it red like just how how you manipulate these living things that sing to their users and that's the that's the sword i mean it's just cool i love it 
Um, you know, that some of that lightsaber lore that you're describing in terms of bleeding the crystals or purifying them, that's definitely a, a recent canon that's interpretation. True. However, some of that was already starting to be developed toward the latter years of Legends. Um, we find, uh, I'm recently reading the Coruscant Knights trilogy, just finished that, mm. and there's a lot in there in terms of Jack Spavon, the main character, has to something happens with lightsaber it's destroyed and he's got to build a new one but like jedi are illegal and he's on coruscant so he's like in the underworld of coruscant trying to find the supplies to build this lightsaber but then he's got to have a crystal that calls out to him and um i don't want to spoil how he ends up getting it because it's a super super cool story and rs singh is involved captain typho is there i mean it's it's so legendsy oh, yeah, in the best I, way I possible i remember now you put this in uh was it in slack or it was on twitter where you said you read a, Somewhere. a fight I have no idea. between Aura Singh and Captain Typho, and I'm like, what yeah, in the yeah, world? Yeah. Uh, did not expect that. Knew nothing about that book going in, cool. and then Captain Typho showed up, and I was like, oh, he's going to be. Oh, he's here. He's in the book. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> so very cool. Very cool. Now, Carl, as an old-school Star Wars fan, what's your opinion on red as a lightsaber color, specifically for a Jedi? Are you automatically evil if you use a red saber because um in legends especially early on there it wasn't established that that having a red lightsaber made you evil because there was only one red lightsaber darth vader happened to have it it wasn't necessarily an evil choice it might have just been his favorite color like it doesn't necessarily mean red is evil right what's your take on this carl uh i think for the longest time i thought red was uh was evil i didn't uh learn of any other ones. And I still think there's maybe yeah, only a couple. Um, and, and then there's some where it kind of depends on, on how it's portrayed, you know, how the, how the colorist on the, on the comic does it or, or what have you. Cause um, there, there's a couple where if you go look it up, uh, the book would say it's uh, bronze. But you go look at the, the picture on the cover of a book or in a comic and go, I don't know, man, it looks pretty red. <laughs> yeah. Me. You're talking about Lobaka. You're talking about Lobaka, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I think che- so. Chewie's Jedi nephew. Bronze. Yeah, the cover of a couple of books, he's got a red lightsaber, but then in the books they describe it as bronze. Some of the books describe it as crimson. So it's like not red, it's crimson. That makes it different. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about Loey's lightsaber a little bit more as we get going. Uh, Eric, you have a, an opinion on this? Uh, red, is it? Is it like a, is there a, a reason why red is automatically an evil color? I think for a that, lightsaber. As far as legends go, I'm going to go with the, uh, when I was nine years old, they told me it was evil, and I believed them. That's it right. It's that simple for me. <laughs> I actually don't know the reason on this, so if anybody has it, we'll believe you, because we don't That's know. It. So uh, we'd love to hear your opinion on this. I do want to read an excerpt, however, from uh, the second Chorus on Nights book. This is in the process of, of Jack Spavon trying to uh, find the supplies that he needs in order to rebuild the Jedi, and the author... Michael Reeves, I believe is his name, is an is an absolute uh, master wordsmith. He really has a way with words. I love the way he describes this. He says, <laughs> um, The weapons of the Jedi were destroyed along with the Jedi. There were rumors that some lightsabers remain in the private collections of the extremely wealthy, but the only one that I am certain truly exists belongs to Darth Vader, and I doubt he'd part with it willingly. This is a conversation. So um, Pravon says, uh, Crystal, then? I'll build my own. It'll be more in tune with my Adegan crystals, as well as Koriska, Ilum, and others are under strict trade and commerce interdiction per the orders of Emperor Palpatine. I'll grow one, then. That may be possible. It will take some time, however, to assemble the necessary equipment and materials. 
So based on that quote, we learned a few uh, very important pieces of Legends lightsaber lore that are not quite in line with what we've got in canon. Nobody's growing their own uh, lightsaber crystals in their basements under a grow light in canon, are they? Uh, how does this strike you, Eric, as uh, kind of against the grain of what we know about established uh, canon lightsaber lore? Yeah, it's it's interesting because you I mean, they're they're living crystals, right? So we still get that. I think that's I think that's really the key. Um, it is it is fun though to be like, ah, I didn't get a lightsaber, and to some Jedi that's like, I've now lost a part of myself because when I went to Ilium, I felt this in my soul, and other ones are like, all right, I'll build another. Like it's funny, like what it's yeah. a big. Deal, There's synthetic it's not. crystals in legends. Yep. Yeah, so some yep. can be constructed, um, can be built or engineered. Yeah. Well, um, even in, uh, love to find a story about that. Yeah, and even in the higher public, which we keep just peppering because it's just it's on our minds. It's on our minds. What can we say? Uh, the well, there's a lot of new lore. Yeah, because yeah. the lightsabers in there are defined as more aesthetic, and and some of them like they talk about Jedi's will switch occasionally crystals and in, in, in hilts depending on the fashion or whatever. So. It's interesting how it's an individual case-by-case basis, and I like what you're holding there. I actually just noticed that uh, this was in my Star Wars collection. Uh, it was, like, probably a crystal that one of my kids had bought in at, like, one of those New Age, you know, hippie shops. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I like that. I'm going to just steal it from my kid and put it in my Star Wars collection because it looks like a lightsaber crystal. <laughs> I didn't know it was here. Caught my eye. I was like, yeah, I'll show it off on camera. Um, interestingly enough, in this quote, you know, they point out the fact that the crystals can come from different places, Right. Uh, so in KOTOR, you know, you can find them on in the caves on Dantooine. You can also make them from, like, the, the pearl of a crate dragon. Oh, um, yeah. That can serve right. as a lightsaber crystal if, oh, I forgot about if you that. use it yeah. just right. Have you played those, Carl? Yeah, but I'd, I'd forgotten about the uh, how you could use the... I remember the pearl from the crate dragon and the Easter egg in the Mandalorian, but I, d- I didn't remember that you could use it to, to make a lightsaber. You know, what I want is uh, to try to get uh, one of those... Um, Mudhorn eggs and fashion that into a lightsaber. You know, Ooh, yeah. Turn that into your crystal. <laughs> uh, so in Legends, so you can now. stick a number of things in your lightsaber. Keep it clean. Um, <laughs> you can stick a number of things in your lightsaber to power it as a crystal, much more loosely than in canon. Um, of course, you can grow them. You can acquire them from different places. Uh, Ilum, of course, uh, we know from Jedi Fallen Order, from... Um, from Clone Wars, uh, as well as from other sources. But, of, of course, as we read here, is is established first in Legends, interestingly enough. And then Jason Solo, there's a great uh, story in one of the Young Jedi Knights books where he acquires a gem, a Coruscant gem, um, from Lando Calrissian's mining operation. One day, I love this story, Lando shows up at Luke's Jedi Academy on Tatooine. Uh, he parks his pleasure yacht, the Lady Luck. He hops out and he says, hey, kids, <laughs> hop in. We're going to go for a ride. And he takes them to his mining operation, and uh, Jason Solo feels the force calling out to him, and he takes this diamond, right, this gem, this Coruscant gem, from Lando's mining operation, and uh, turns that into the crystal for his lightsaber. So all kinds of fun crystal lore um, with Legends lightsabers. Um, Let us know in the chat, what would you use to power your lightsaber? What kind of fun invention would you grow your own? Where would you acquire it from? Uh, Dantooine? Is it Ilum? Um, would you uh, go on a, a, a pleasure cruise with Lando in order to find your uh, your lightsaber crystal? Yeah, I guess. Uh, so we'd love to a, hear everybody's opinions on that yeah, one. Maybe Dryden Voss had one in his yacht. Doesn't seem like that would be the place. Like oh, his sure. collection, he's got a kyber crystal or something. Like a drawer full of yeah. exotic crystals. Yeah, and then you, you look at them, and then he stabs you, and it's like no. Like that's how it would go. <laughs> his face turns all red and stripy. <laughs> Um, I gotta say, I as I'm watching WandaVision, I am just looking at him scared the whole time because of Dryden Voss. Yep. He's totally changed my opinion of uh, what's his name, Paul the actor. 
Yeah. Paul Bettany. Yeah, totally changed my opinion <laughs> on him because like a lot of times he's like a nice guy, yeah. but you know, and and Chris in in uh, Solo not so much. Okay, uh, moving on from crystals, let's talk about lightsaber forms. We don't want to get into too much detail on this, but um, don't look at the show notes. Let me ask you guys: Can you match uh, any of the established Jedi masters from? Uh, you know, you know the main films. We won't go too in depth into legends here. Um, can you uh, uh, match any of the main Jedi masters with their um, with their form of saber combat? Now, I spent a lot of time researching lightsaber forms because I used to have all this memorized, but it's since been flushed out for seven years of grad school. <laughs> so there's seven forms. You've got Shi Cho, form one. It's the oldest. It involves a flurry of strikes. It's a defensive posture. Form two is Makashi. Um, it is uh, precise. Uh, it is for advanced duelists, primarily. Form three, Sarisu, is best for deflecting blaster bolts. Form four is Ataru. It's an acrobatic form. Form five, uh, there's actually two different... Uh, names for it depending on how you use it which is interesting if you use it with one saber or with two it's best for counterattacks. form six i've got these in roman numerals so i'm doing math over here form six is uh, neman <laughs> it's a balanced form form seven the final form is uh a, an aggressive almost dark side form so um which primary jedi masters can you mix and match Carl, you're up first. Um, can you fit any of these seven forms with any of their Jedi Masters? Yeah, I can fit a few of them. And I'll do the last one first. And then we'll leave the rest for Eric, fresh since he's mind. the duelist among I us. Know exactly. Perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, that last one, is, uh, especially because you said, hey, it's, it's really violent. It can take you close to the dark side. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of folks have heard it, but I've heard it talk uh, a lot that Mace Windu would actually draw on the dark side. Yeah. Uh, but not too much. But he draw it on a little bit to help him fight. Um, and I, I also heard, and I think it's uh, a really stretchy retcon slash headcanon thing, but um, you know, the real reason he had a purple lightsaber is Samuel L. Jackson wanted a purple lightsaber. Uh, but then someone turned around and goes, well, the reason he has a purple lightsaber is it's a, a blend between the blue and the red because he's a Jedi, but he draws on the dark for his fighting style. Yeah, that sounds like, oh, okay, like a retcon. a little bit of a stretch. Sure, but- <laughs> yeah, the behind the scenes <laughs> is that I was just reading this the other day. Why did I come across this? Where uh, Samuel L. Jackson said that the the battle scene on um, Geonosis, he couldn't find himself, yep. and so he's like, "George, I want to be able to see myself. <laughs> give me, give me purple." <laughs> the best of it's called amethyst. That. It's amethyst. Yes, is what it is. It's not purple. Uh, so that's right. Form seven, um, the pod is used yes. by Mace Mace Windu. I didn't say the name, did I? Um, it's used by Mace Windu in particular. He's known for perfecting this form. Uh, it's it's described in great detail in Matthew Stover's books. He really loves him some little lightsaber forms. Oh my goodness, yes, he does. does he ever? Uh, you think like, oh yeah, Revenge of the Sith. It's the best Star Wars book. It's totally canon. No, it's not. There's a lot of uh, saber form lore in that book. Um, way more than you could possibly need, but I love it because I love me some legends. Eric, uh, can you match any of our other forms? So form seven is taken. What other Jedi's fit with uh, forms one through six? I- I think, if I remember correctly, form number one is Obi-Wan. Is that right? Yeah, it is. Also form three. He's more known okay. for form three. Form I, I, three is Sarisu, is, is most associated with Obi-Wan. And I think I might be showing my canon side here, because I think That's fine. in Master and Apprentice, they talk about Obi-Wan learning form number one because he was frustrated that Qui-Gon wouldn't train him into the more advanced forms. 
And oh sure, yeah. He like, wanted him to no, learn the basics. Because the... you know the basics better than anyone. Checks out. Yeah, I've read it once, so it's been a couple years. Sounds right to yeah. me. Uh, form two is this uh, precise form for advanced duelists that's associated with Dooku. Oh, form totally. four, the acrobatic form, is Yoda. Yep, sure, I got so that. In we've, the chat. Got, we've covered all of our. Oh, did she? Okay, yes. great. I'm not up yep. to the with the chat as much tonight because I'm trying to run everything behind the scenes. Um, form four. <laughs> apologies, Cheryl. You're wonderful. Um, uh, Ataru uh, is the acrobatic form. So we're covering our bases from Attack of the Clones when everybody lost their mind when Yoda could flip through the air. That's great. Um, with our skills with a lightsaber. <laughs> um, form five is Ahsoka's uh, count. You know the two-handed oh, sure. form. Um, that one is Ahsoka. In form six is Maul. This balanced form is particularly good for those with double-bladed lightsabers. If I'd said that, it would have given it away. Totally. So um, th- we've got a lot in Legends with this. Here's my big question, though, is I've been spending some time on this. Is this stuff canon? Have they brought lightsaber forms back into canon? I don't think so. And I think it's it's only that first one, I think, in The Master and Apprentice that I heard. I don't think it's – because there was a reference book, um, Secrets of the Jedi, which – I have, but I'm not going to reach for it because it's too, it's too buried. But they do have information about lightsabers in there and lightsaber forms. But that is also, it's, it's one of those new reference books that, like, tilts the line. You know, that, like, is it all canon or is it more so just for, like, you know, art history? So they've talked about them, but I don't think as far as, like, okay. canon books go. So it's, like, periphery. Yes. In Legends, it's in the forefront. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> no one's, like, sober really... right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, hey, Stover, if you're listening, we want you on the show. Yes, sir. We love lightsaber forms. If it's all you want to talk about, we'll do it. Great. We'll spend an hour just talking about lightsaber forms, if that's what you want. Um, let's talk about some of the most legendary sabers. I mean, this is the fun stuff. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Let's move on from the Vapods and the Juyos <laughs> and get into this. We're going to talk about five key lightsabers in Legends that have a lot of history, a lot of story surrounding them. The first one we've already talked about, and that's Exar Kun's saber. Um, his whole deal is he wants to discover the secrets of the dark side, the power of the dark side. And then he's seduced by this ancient spirit, Frieda Nad. Uh, because if one thing is true about the villains in the old school days of Legends, it's, it's nobody's actual fault. They're always possessed by a spirit of an ancient Who Sith among Lord. us, you know? Who has? I it? mean, that's right. <laughs> you know, if somebody, if you, hey, here's some, here's some free advice, all right? If you wander into a tomb, and you're like, should I go in this tomb? And then a ghost starts telling you to build a lightsaber, run away from that tomb. Because in Legends, that's where it all goes wrong. Every time. 100%. <laughs> it checks out. If you want more on that, uh, listen to our upcoming episode with the Jedi Academy trilogy. Because it happens there. Where Luke builds his academy right down the street from an ancient Sith temple. Way to go, Luke. Come on, man. You had one job. Build an academy on a safe planet without yeah. Sith ghosts. I always do. Secondly, wait, wait, so, Eric, wait, go ahead. So just, just on tip. that. I, I always love that idea where they're like, we're going to build this on top of a Sith temple. And, and you have the galaxy. You can That's go right. Anywhere. Ever heard of ghosts, my man? <laughs> That's right. Jeez, guys. Who are we gonna call to deal with Exar Kun? Right. Okay, uh, Carl, were you about to say something? Oh, no, I was just say it's a good tip, but uh, <laughs> the way Eric mentions it now, it makes me think of it. It's like the Exorcist in a galaxy far away. <laughs> I, I mean, your, your Jedi Temple is right. Your Jedi That's Temple is angry. That's the book I want: a Jedi Exorcist, like somebody who specializes in casting out ancient Sith spirits, but like they're a phony. But then they realize they actually had the power within them the whole time. 
All right. Oh my god. I just watched You Lucky Dog, the Disney Channel original movie, and that's basically the plot of hey, it. High Republic Year ESP. Two. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Please, somebody send Kevin Scott a tweet. Like, All right. Uh, secondly. Eric, I'm excited to have you on the episode because we uh, had you on for one of the Darth Bane books. Uh, talk to us about Darth Bane's lightsaber. What's unique about it? Oh, Darth Bane's lightsaber is... Uh... Oh my gosh, what is unique about it? I'll give you a hint. It's red, Yes. but it's also not, depending on who draws it. Right, because it's also... <laughs> I think in the purple? character encyclopedia, the new character encyclopedia came out like early to mid-2000s, it's purple. Well, yeah, he has the Revan <laughs> problem. We're like... Red yeah. goes between light and dark, but yeah, Bane. They're like, it's just power, and it's red, or it's purple, or it's whatever looks coolest to the artist at the time. Yeah, a couple different artists to pick him having a purple lightsaber. But in Drew Kerpishan's books, which are absolutely exceptional, yes. um, as he's training on the Sith Temple there on Korriban, he wants to build a saber that because remember he's a nerd, right? He's yeah. a historian. He's all about the, the uh, lore. He's, he's reading in the library. He, he doesn't sleep for like I don't know four years or something. It's ridiculous. That's right. So he discovers this ancient um, curved hilt lightsaber. Which of course is um, right, Dooku stuff. What Dooku has, and and the reason behind the scenes for Dooku's curved hilt lightsaber is that Christopher Lee had arthritis, mm-hmm. so he could not grip a traditional cylindrical lightsaber. He needed one that, that his hand could grip because he was old. Yeah, you know, bless his heart. And, and so he, because of that, we got one of the coolest lightsabers ever. Absolutely, my favorite lightsaber is Dooku's lightsaber. It's got the hook on the end. So Bane has a curved handled lightsaber, right. much like. Um, Dooku's. So in in uh, Darth Bane, Path of Destruction, there's, there's like a whole chapter on Bane constructing his That's lightsaber. Right. Hey, if tonight's episode does it for you, go and read that chapter. It's I'll so post good. the just chapter in the Discord. The, ignore the covers, go straight to the book. <laughs> just... <laughs> I actually just got my Bane paperbacks in the mail uh, this past week, because I didn't own... They, I, I had them in hardback oh, from right, when they first came out. And I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to collect all the the paperbacks, uh, the Legends paperbacks, and I was missing like ten or twelve. Uh, but I'm trying to get them without the Legends banner. Found the Bane trilogy without the Legends banner. Wow. And my Path of Destruction, my my Rule of Two just came in the other day, and my wife was like, "What just came in the mail for you? You buying more Star Wars books?" And I ripped it out and showed it to her. I was like, "Only the ugliest Star Wars book." She was like, "I'm so glad she spent our money on that." I okay, I gotta say, cause, <laughs> so Heir to the Empire got that the twenty year re release, right? Yeah, yeah. I, can hey, Dore. Hi everyone. Um, can we please <laughs> have a re-release of the 20th anniversary of Bane with brand new anniversary covers? Just please. I, don't I just started much. salivating when you said that. Right? I'm literally. It's just dripping. Oh man. Just mu- yeah. Do it very on, excited. Uh, That's a good idea. Print.com. Put socks with it. I don't care. I'll, I'll give you money. <laughs> I'll even buy the socks if that's what it takes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now, Eric, the third lightsaber we want to talk about with a lot of story is one you've already mentioned. That's the wrong scene. Uh, it's one that we've already oh. mentioned. It is uh, forged from a Rancor tooth. This is, of course, um, wielded by Teninil... Nope, by Tenilka mm. Joe, because who needs one name when you can have three? That's right. And uh, she is the Jedi... Dathomirian princess, uh, best friend of the Solo twins on Yavin 4, eventual lover of Jason Solo himself. Um, she becomes the queen mother of Hapes, or Hapes, if you're a uh, rogue padron, one of my favorite Star Wars podcasts. They call it Hapes, <laughs> which yeah, can we not, it's please? Like, it's a Greek, um, right? <laughs> 
Um, her saber, of course, as you mentioned, is constructed from a Rancor tooth. Now, in this book, it's a breezy read. You could read it in a couple hours. Lightsabers, uh, the fourth book in the New Jedi Order series. Uh, Carl, do you know the reason why she has a Rancor tooth lightsaber? Uh, I mean, I, I've always presumed it had something to do with the fact that Susan Dathomir, and that is, I believe, where Rancors are, are originally Yeah, from. or at least a lot of Rancors are from there. I don't know if there's, like, yeah. like elephants. You've got African elephants and Indian elephants. I assume there's, like, different species of Rancors because you've got them on, like, that planet from KOTOR. Anyway, yeah, in Course of Princess Leia, the Dathomirian witches ride Rancors, and it's awesome. And, uh, hey... We just reached the one-year episode of the release of that. You can go back and find it for free now if you originally were behind the paywall. Yeah, she wants to go back and construct a lightsaber that uh, pays homage to her home planet. But because she tries to do something so much more challenging than everybody else, she and she's a little arrogant about it, uh, doesn't test it properly, it fails her during a training exercise. And it really isn't established at this point yet that you can turn down lightsabers uh, in their their power setting to make them less dangerous they're just always lethal in uh, the early days of legends and so jason solo on accident chops off her arm and that's in a like a middle grade book for like fourth graders and that's the moment Uh, she knew she loved him absolutely (laughs) a little bit of stockholm syndrome never hurt anybody and finally the last no second to finally um what's a better way of saying second to finally i think that's the perfect way to say it frankly i think thank you i appreciate it it let's we're going to talk about the two most legendary lightsabers um from the skywalker solo family itself and that is a massive spoiler for the new jedi order eric if you don't want to listen i won't blame you i Uh, I can just talk to carl for five minutes here anakin solo's lightsaber in Legends, uh, eventually is inherited by, um, who's kind of like the Jedi punk. He's like the Jedi bully, like the Jedi bro of the early days of New Jedi Order until he has a change of heart and has a redeeming last stand in the book. What is it called? Uh, You got Star by Star is a big last stand for Anakin, and then um, Traitor, the only other Jedi in that book besides... Jason Solo is Ganner Rysode. They they have this massive last stand on um, on Coruscant. And uh, this is a quote from the Wook itself. All right, I love the way this is described. Okay. Um, During the second battle of Coruscant, Luke Skywalker confronted Shimra. That's like the supreme overlord of the new Jedi Order. As they fought, Shimra mocked Luke with his nephew's lightsaber. So Ganner Rysode had used Anakin's lightsaber... On, Coruscant had his massive last stand in order to save Jason. So then the bad guys get Anakin Solo's lightsaber. Then they use it against Luke in order to taunt him. Talk about bad guys, am I right? To the astonishment and dismay of Shimra, Luke used the Force to pull the lightsaber to him, then used it to decapitate the Dread Lord. I mean, all right. And then finally, in order to... It's much like what happens at the end of The Rise of Skywalker. um, Han... Uh, puts Anakin's lightsaber. He buries it as like a an, like kind of a burial for his son, his long lost son. Uh, he buries it in Chewbacca's memorial tree on Kashyyyk as a way of saying farewell to them both. I mean, is there anything more poetic than that, Carl? I mean, could you imagine a, a deeper mm-hmm. story surrounding a lightsaber? And, and double spoilers. By oh the way, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, a lot of spoilers. I accept it. All. Uh, hopefully, you'll forget them <laughs> by tomorrow. It's late. That's right. Yeah, sure. And finally, uh, the most legendary saber. Can you guys guess what it is? The main saber in all of Star Wars we have not even talked about so far tonight, and that is 
Anakin's saber slash Luke's saber slash, depending on which continuity you follow, I know a lot of us are canon stands, and that's fine, Ben Solo's lightsaber, but in Legends, it's Mara Jade's lightsaber. Um, Eric, uh, Carl, do you guys think there is a more iconic fictional weapon ever Ooh. in all of f- storytelling, in all of fiction, than Luke Skywalker's lightsaber? I mean, we've got other legendary weapons like Excalibur, maybe Indiana Jones's whip. Can you think of anything else that like could potentially rival uh, Luke and Anakin's lightsaber? Yeah, Excalibur is definitely where I was going to go. Um, yeah, good, I mean, but again, good. I mean, I, and good I, sword imagery, though. What do you think, Carl? Do you know anybody that has two hundred books of with Excalibur in them? Not personally. <laughs> okay, yeah. I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out. He says. <laughs> Wow, you know that's a good question, and and, it, and it's funny because obviously because of who we are, I think of Han Solo's blaster, like but you know again still Star Wars. Um, sure. Man, there's a lot of like I bet some. Let us know in the Discord. Yeah, yeah. what do you guys think? Like, I know it's like some people might say like, the Highlander sword, um, or like some some Lord of the Rings weapons lately. But again, that's just one set. Yeah, yeah. See, I almost put Sting on here, but it's like you put Sting on the list or like Aragon Aragorn's. What's the difference between yeah. an Aragorn and an Indrill, Aragorn? One's Flame a dragon. Of the West, perhaps. What is that? That's the, <laughs> the, that's the sword that was forged in the shards of Narsil. They used to belong to Isildur. <laughs> what are these words? <laughs> um, I can hear Star Wars nonsense words all day, and they don't phase me. I hear another fictional universe is made up words, and I'm like, nerd. What world is that? <laughs> um, <laughs> what's another one? You you, you almost had me. Oh, Harry Potter. Like, there's wands, yeah, right? Yeah, Harry's wand or the Elder Wand. Who's got the most iconic wand? It's not Harry. No, it'd be it'd probably be Dumbledore's Elder Wand, I'd think. But but again, that's like, I think you got a point though, because the Luke's slash Anakin slash Mara's slash Ray's slash Ben's lightsaber first appeared in a visual medium, and I think that's very key too, because like it was the first lightsaber yeah. we ever saw. So right. I think that's all. It defines the entire weapon category. So I think that's also yeah, it really did. Uh, it's very visual, very visual. Um, especially since you can't really achieve them in real life, whereas anybody can own a sword. Uh, you can't necessarily forge a sword in the fires of Methuldor. I don't know. I'm making stuff up. Carl, uh, what do you think? Uh, is this the most iconic fictional weapon of all time? Um, all time is a tough, tough question to ask. You know, when you consider, um the role, uh, you know, at least in English speaking storytelling of the Arthurian legend, but certainly in modern, uh, modern fiction, uh, it's probably the most iconic. Weapon. Okay. We'll take that. Yeah. All right. At the very least on my show, it's the most, Sold. all right. The most iconic weapon of all time. Um, you know, ultimately there's a, a massive departure in what happens to this weapon after cloud city, right? Luke gets his hand chopped off spoilers for the best movie ever made. And, uh, in Canon, this eventually somehow comes into the hands of Maz Kanata. That's a story for another day. Um, and, and we don't really know the whole story. There's something in a recent comic, I'm sure. But, uh, ultimately it goes to Finn to Ray Kylo really wants it and, you know, is very lusty for it and all that. There's the whole thing where it explodes and somehow is somehow the lightsaber returned uh, because of the rise of Skywalker. Am I right? But in in Legends, in a nutshell, it's even crazier, right? It goes to um, uh, it's it's discovered, I guess, by Vader on Cloud City and then passed to uh, 
to the the emperor's storage shed on on um, Wayland, <laughs> so it's put in his his uh, hoarder garage there, which eventually comes into the hands of the deranged clone Jedi Master shirtless Sabiath himself. Oh. Um, who then uses a clone of Luke, Luuk, wielding Luke's former lightsaber to fight him, and then Mara kills him, and then sh- Luke gives her the lightsaber as a good faith investment. So, uh, Eric, start us off. Uh, how do you like the way that this saber is passed down in Legends versus what we have recently in the sequel trilogy in canon? Uh, compare the two... Um, heritages yeah. of this legendary saber um i i like it i like it in both for different reasons i think that canon obviously the story still isn't told um the moment in the recent star wars comic from charles soul where we found out yeah that, maybe that connective tissue would help yeah that someone else caught it i my heart jumped a little and i was like oh i do care about this like that i didn't realize that i did um legends is, is that what it's in the charles soul mainline yeah then the the relaunch that takes place after empire that's where they've they, at least they've started that um Luke has also recently found a different lightsaber, but read that comic. It's great. Marvel Unlimited, all that jazz. But uh, as far as Legends go, I, I like it. I, I'm, I always find it a bummer when iconic things are, like, put away in storehouses for years. Because it's like, and then no one saw it because it was hiding. And I'm like, eh, yeah, like, sure. But I, I do love the the fact that Luke has it uh, in the Thrawn trilogy. Um and then Mara defeats it, and then earns it. I love the passing down based on acts of valor for those that you love. Like I really love that trajectory. So I, I do yeah, think, well said. Yeah, but I, and I also really love the fact in Force Awakens that the lightsaber has a choice on who it goes to, versus uh, Kylo or Rey. Oh, that's end. interesting. Because I sure I love the sentience of lightsabers just a little bit. Like they're they're not totally yeah. in control, but I love that if, if it's like a fifty fifty ball. They get to choose their path. So I think as long as you're not straight. using them to power your spaceships. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the minority on that one. I don't like yeah. it. I know a lot of people do. You guys were talking about that on the Living Force, and I was like, nope, not for me. But you guys were nerding <laughs> out. And I was like, eh, I won't rain on your parade. Wait till I have Eric on my podcast, <laughs> there then we I go. will. Uh, <laughs> Carl, what about you? How do you like the the way this story is told in Legends versus Canon? Yeah. Um- like Eric was saying, I'm not sure that we're completely done with um, the the canon story yet. Um, it'll be interesting to see if there's any more that comes out of this Charles Soule line. Um, I I do think, uh, at least as it stands now, there's certainly a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more drama, I think, in the in the Legends one. You know, there's a lot more. Yeah, drama. I didn't even mention that Mara um, eventually passes it down to her son Ben. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it does. It's a legacy saber. Either way. Uh, I'm comfortable saying it's no longer Anakin's saber or Luke's saber. We can call it the Skywalker legacy saber. I love that. It is that, that in both Legends saber. and Canon. Yeah, I do love the idea yeah. that someone is like, yeah. "Hey, is that your mom's lightsaber?" Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Shut up." Yeah, surely Ben Solo is Ben. Ben Skywalker is like bullied for that, right? Absolutely. It's it's got to be. I don't remember in the, Ooh, the Fate that of the Jedi old series. So well, we're running a little long tonight. This has been a ton of fun, uh, and it's my fault for uh, making show notes that are way too way longer than they need to be. If you think this is long, uh, wait till you attend one of my Bible classes, and I've got like 50 slides. They're amazing. All right. Uh, unless you hate the Bible, in which case they're awful. What we're going to do, we're going to play a little game here. All right. And um, this is something I didn't really warn um, Eric or Carl about here, and I'd like all of you to participate as much as you would like, whether you're watching uh, live on Twitch with us or you are watching on YouTube. If you are an audio listener, I'll do my best to describe these sabers. 
but it is an audio, it is a visual, inherently visual game. It, we're talking about lightsabers. They are inherently visual. All right. So um, we are going to look through, I think I've got 10 sabers queued up, though honestly I have no idea because I wrote these show notes <laughs> a month ago and have already forgotten. So I, I didn't write down the names, like whose sabers these were, thinking, oh yeah, I'll remember later in the week. Little did I know I would bruise my brain, have to take a month off the show. So it's going to be a surprise to all of us whose sabers these are. Uh, and the game we're going to play is not Can You Identify This Saber? Though you can go that extra mile if you would like. Uh, I want you to just say, is this a legend saber or a canon saber? And then the, wi- the, the loser of the game has to edit this podcast because <laughs> I don't want to do it. No, I'll, I'll edit it. All right. So, um, uh, Eric, you already know the answer on this, so let Carl go first. Let, let Carl go first. Carl, is this a legend saber or a canon saber? For those of you who are uh, listening on audio, this is a, a traditional cylindrical straight saber with a gold, um, a gold finish, and uh, is is pointed on. All right, this is really hard to describe lightsabers. <laughs> <laughs> it's pointed. It's a pointy hilt, and it's gold. Uh, I'm going to guess that's Legends. And Eric, what is this lightsaber? You just acquired it. That is the Canon Jedi Temple Guard lightsaber, Jared. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and it's a coincidence that you recently just acquired this this week, and you didn't know you are going to be on the show either, which is fun. Um, this might be my favorite lightsaber design. Um at least in canon. I, I love this gold. Um, interesting that it's the Temple Guards. I, I can't really remember the Temple Guards <laughs> really visually uh, in in Clone Wars. I know they're there. Yeah. Is that a yellow? I'm colorblind. Yes, sir. I thought you said they don't have yellow. Only in these lightsabers. They don't have them in Savvy's for custom. Oh, okay. But there we go. Oh, okay, okay. Very cool. Yeah, uh, I like that Eric is showing his off. And hey, by the way, if you have a, a picture of you with your lightsaber and you want to show it off, I've got a couple to show in a minute. Post them in the Discord. We'd love to see oh, yeah. uh, your um, favorite lightsabers. Yeah. I'm showing off my uh, the, the 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 blade that defeated Tigger in <laughs> Disney World ten years ago. And Eric is showing off a few of his. Yeah. Oh, well, now and we know Cheryl how that ended. This in the chat now. Uh, the Temple Guards. <laughs> I think we said it already, but uh, the Temple Guards are from Rebels. Yeah, she got it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah specifically yeah okay so that uh, carl is down one to nothing next we've got i almost said we've got almost said whose it was i won't uh eric go first this time (laughs) is this a legends lightsaber or a canon lightsaber if you're listening um why stall for 10 seconds so eric can think it it has a wooden hilt um it's clearly carved from some kind of uh a piece of wood is the wood significant i'll tell you in a second um, um, depending on whose ooh. lightsaber you think this is. Legends or canon? I believe, it, honestly, I have two characters in my head, and one's canon and one's legends. So, <laughs> I think, um, I'm, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with legends. I think I know who it is, but I won't say the name until Carl guesses. Okay, Carl. Uh, I also guess You're both wrong. This is canon. This is Gunji's oh, lightsaber dang it. from the Clone oh. Wars, the the Wookiee Padawan ah. from the like ah. the, the lightsaber quest episode. I love those. Um, you were guessing Lobaka, right? Yeah, I was like, it's Gunji or Lobaka's, and that was it. Yeah, Skuma Joe said Lobaka as well. All right, stumped you. Feeling excited about this? Good. Next, this one. <laughs> um, yeah, if you, I'm just trying to blow it up a little bit. Is a long, a long uh, hilted lightsaber, 
clearly wielded by someone in uh, a suit that looks familiar, kind of to Darth Vader. We don't see this individual's face. It has a green blade. Um, their armor is all spiky. It's got a long handle, so it's it's a like an extra long. How do I describe this? <laughs> an extra long hilt on this lightsaber. Uh, Carl, you're up first. Legends or Ganon? That has to be Legends, just because of the art style. <laughs> and Eric, hundred percent. That's some Legends art if I've ever seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very Legendsy. It's one of my favorites. This is Warb Null, the dark side agent of chaos from the Tales of the Jedi comics. Um, interesting. That's a yeah, heck of a right? Interesting card. that uh, in in Legends, like it was, especially the early days, it was not established that you had to get your color coordination right. So Warb Null has a green cool. because he didn't get the memo that you're supposed to use red <laughs> if you're evil. Uh, plays into the age right. of the chaos. Okay, thing. so here's another one. Uh, Eric, I'll try to size this down just a little bit better. Uh, that is canon. This is for those who are uh, on audio, a kind of polished metal uh, bronze-ish, very shiny, sleek, elegant saber. It's 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 almost rose gold. Can we call it rose gold? Yeah, if we're Johnny Ive, we can. Uh, Carl, uh, guess first. <laughs> is this Legends or Canon? That's Canon. Uh, you already guessed, didn't you, Eric? I okay. did. So, uh, can I, can floundering I say, here without Meg. Since you said Canon, I believe that is Palpatine's. This is. Yeah, it's Palpatine's saber. This is one of the ones yeah. today I had to Google. I was like, whose saber is this? Papa I ain't never Palps. seen this before. Yeah. Pal- Papa Close Palps' the saber hides it, hides it in his statue. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Okay, here's another. It is... Um, a purple blade. It is uh, really challenging my descriptive abilities tonight. A hey, audio people, go to YouTube, find this, <laughs> find this time mark, and then look at the rest of them. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's it's got spikies that are coming up over the tip of the hilt. Three, maybe two or three spiky protrusions on this saber that is black and silver. All right, that's the best Great I'm going to do. Uh, lead us off, Carl. Legends or canon? That's Legends. Eric. Legends, that is Revan. It is Revan. This is the Hasbro Force Effects Revan lightsaber. Good job, guys. So I am trying to run the show here. Let's be honest. I've lost count of the score. I think that Eric is up by one. Is that correct? I believe so. All right. Sounds okay, about right. Halfway through. Next. Ooh. This is a red lightsaber. It has a, an, a, a visible... An exposed red kyber crystal. Ooh. Eric. Ooh. Um. I, ooh. I'm gonna say. Ah. Ooh. Legends. Legends. Carl. Uh, I'm gonna say cannon. Oh, all right. So we're gonna we're we're, we're hedging our bets, are we? This is Legends. This is Starkiller's yes! lightsaber from the Force Unleashed. Now, interestingly <laughs> enough, when you play those games, much like Jedi Fallen Order, you can customize your own lightsaber. So you do whatever lightsaber you want. In fact, I played a mod where I was Qui-Gon Jinn the whole game. That's so, awesome. I mean, like, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. But, yes, this is his lightsaber. It is especially notable for having the exposed red kyber crystal. Awesome. Uh, next, try to refresh my camera, unless it died, which it might have. Uh, in which case, at least I'm smiling. Um, That's a cool one. Eric, describe this while I change <laughs> the battery in my camera. So this one is, uh, it looks like a more, like, environmentally lightsaber. It's like, a, it looks either like a, either wooden or leather. Uh, it's wrapped in a bunch of kind of cord. 
and it looks to have uh, an, an orangish blade coming out the top. So, uh, so hey, uh, so Carl, you go first. What do you think it is? Hey. Is that my ear impression of me? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Carl, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with Legends. Legends 2 only because I think, I can't think we've seen this color yet, but I'm happy to be proven wrong. I don't know. EOS webcam yeah, utility, this, what do you all think? Right, I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. Um, this saber is <laughs> a fan rendition, all right? So this is not necessarily Legends or Canon, but it is a fan rendition of Lobaka's saber oh, cool. from the Young Jedi Knights That's and great. New Jedi Order. It is the bronze-colored lightsaber. Um, honestly, on the cover of the books uh, where he does have a lightsaber, it's a lot less iconic-looking. It's a little bit more bland, but I like this. It's gorgeous. Always make it cooler. Last one. Uh, what's the score? Eric's up two? I'm up two. So, all or nothing. Great. <laughs> um, this is the last <laughs> saber here. I'll try to size it a little bit better and make it huge, oh. but I don't want you to see the person's face because yeah. then you might know who it is. Looks, looks like you've already cropped uh, it. Yeah, it looks like it's cropped. Oh, well. Um, this is a long-handled saber. Now I'm like... Uh, Feeling self-conscious since Eric just did that impression of me. Um, <laughs> this is a very long saber staff. It's, a very, it's like a staff, but then it has a lightsaber blade only out of one end. So imagine Ray's staff, but then polished and elegant, but then a lightsaber is coming out of one end instead of out of both. So it's not a double-bladed lightsaber, though it is the length of a double-bladed lightsaber. Eric, start us off. Uh, Last, this, is, this is for all the marbles, all the lightsaber yeah. crystals. Uh, is this Legends or Canon? Legends. Carl. Uh, I also think it's it legends. is legends. This is from Swotor. Yes. This belongs to a character whose name I had written down and have forgotten. It's a force pipe. Because I'm only <laughs> still on like the third planet in that game. Uh, one of the main characters. All right. Uh, so, um, good job, guys. Eric is the winner. I would play a sound effect if I knew how. Er, uh, Freddy's, the, Freddy's the one that has the sound effects. There you go. <laughs> so, guys, this has been a ton of fun. Uh, how did you all do in the chat? Let us know how you did on the quiz. Uh, tell us in the comments on Discord and on YouTube. Where did you rank with your Legends versus Canon contest? Did you recognize any of these savers? Uh, finally, guys, tonight, as we wrap up tonight, uh, we've had plenty of time to brainstorm. Uh, if Carl, if you were to design your own lightsaber, sky's the limit, whatever crystal you want, whatever color you want, uh, what, you know, tonight you've had some time to change your mind uh, based on what you said originally. What's your favorite lightsaber in all of Star Wars? It doesn't have to be Legends. Um, sky's the limit, Carl. What lightsaber would you want? Uh, I do like... Um having a little bit of curve to him and uh i, I do still like the uh you know <laughs> aside from my own uh instinct of self-preservation and trying to survive against eric i um uh, i always did like watching both animated and now live action ahsoka fight with uh, with the two sabers so I, I think i'd stick with that um uh and uh sort of like eric was talking about earlier i always go back and forth on what my favorite color is but uh i guess we'll go with the the old reliable and go with blue excellent i love that eric how about you um, oh, it didn't make nearly a loud enough noise. I know. My mic's too good at filtering. Hold on. Let's see. Let's see like... There we go. That's we better. Go. I'll, right. I'll boost <laughs> it in the audio the on the post. Um, so I would... I keep trying to get away from it, but I think I'd have to do the Rancor Tooth Hilt. 
There's just something in my soul about that. And my, my and my saber, I think, would be it would be gold. It's where my heart goes. But depending on my journey in life, maybe it'd be white. Maybe I I, I could purify an evil crystal and like. You know, like it's it like represents like a toxic community, a toxic yeah. thing, right? I'm gonna purify it, <laughs> fill it with this joy. This is a metaphor and light. now, okay? Um, yeah, so maybe <laughs> let's let's go that way. I want I want a rancor tooth that has some high republic gold flourish with it. Okay, sure. Uh, and I'll have a white blade. I do I do really like the uh, the the ones they have at Galaxy's Edge that are like the the old school. They're supposed to be like high republic ish lightsabers or something like they're that. I forget really what they're called. Cool. They got all these. They've got all these different terms for them, like the gold, um, ancient, old republic-looking lightsabers. I do love those. Um, I'm a sucker for Luke igniting the green, Return of the Jedi. Uh, love that moment where it looks like he's about to go down to the great pit of Carcoon, and then all of a sudden he looks up at lights uh, up at R2 and is, does this whole thing, and then the saber comes down. And uh, yep. this is one of my favorite lightsaber toys. I think I got from my little brother when he was like four or five, and I've since moved it to my Star Wars collection. It's fun because like we didn't have this when I was a kid. This lightsaber, when you press the button, you ready? It actually Whoa. will extend the saber. Nice. And like if we had had that when I was a kid, we were like always oh, just doing this whole number to flick them out. But instead, like my kids just run around, they always uh, sticking this thing out. So it's a ton of fun. I like it. Um, I love the story behind, um, as you mentioned, also Eric Tinelka's lightsaber. Um, a lot of fun that she wants to like honor her heritage and then learns a lesson along the way, as we all do. Uh, because if one thing's true about the New Jedi Order, it's just a classic '90s sitcom. Whew, this has been a ton of fun. We've gone a little <laughs> long tonight. Thanks, guys, for being troopers and coming on the episode when we were in need of replacements and reinforcements. Greatly appreciated. Uh, look forward to having Meg and Freddie back soon. Absolutely. And may the Force be with them. So that does it for this week. Thanks for listening to Legends Look Back. Um, we want to hear your thoughts. If you want your opinions read on the show, you can email us at legendslookback.com at utini.com or send us a message in the Legends Slickback Discord channel. You can leave in a comment on this episode on YouTube or find us on Twitter. We've got a new Twitter account. You can tweet at us at Legends Slickback or individually. I'm at Jared Q. Mays. Eric, if you can stop playing with your lightsaber long enough to <laughs> to plug your Twitter handle on Twitter, Eric is... <laughs> at Eric Eilerson or at Living Force Pod. And uh, Carl. Uh, you can probably find me at Carl Sander. Excellent. Wonderful. And... Um, uh, did want to say we had a couple of fans who uh, did dive in and uh, show us their lightsabers. Do want to plug these? Uh, and you can have your picture. We'll give you one more week, okay? If you want to show off your lightsaber, you can um, show them off on the show just like Maggie does here. She's got a green. Nice. And if I can find it, she even has a red. Whoa. So if you're watching... If you're watching on YouTube you can, or on Twitch, you can see the transformation from light to dark. And then Joxy himself... Shows off his purple lightsaber, which is pretty cool. Um, I love the glow over the, like, faux hawk that he's got going on. It's super cool. <laughs> love that. So, uh, if you're looking to buy some of the books we've talked about, such as this lightsaber collection book we've talked about on this show, you can head on over to utini.com and click the Amazon link in the profile. Um, remember, of course, everybody, to keep the Utini fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom. May the force be with you. This is a Utini Broadcast.